A woman is walking through the park where she sees a very attractive man sitting on a park bench. He's reading a book and eating some fruit out of a Tupperware container. Slowly, the woman gathers the courage to ask the man out. So, she walks over and takes a seat next to him on the bench, turns to him, and says, Sorry to bother you. I know this may be a little forward, but I would love to grab coffee with you sometime. Flattered, the man responds, Sure, but what makes you so certain you and I would get along so well? Well... The woman says, A couple things, actually. I noticed you were wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt. Iron Maiden are my favorite band of all time. When they went on their reunion tour in 1999, my parents took me to see them in Cleveland. I was 12 years old, and it was the first concert I ever went to. I absolutely love Iron Maiden. The man can't believe it. I saw them play in Cleveland in 99. It's the first concert I ever went to on my own. My best friend Jimmy and I told our parents we were sleeping at each other's houses, and we snuck out and took a bus into the city, and we saw them play at the Plain Dealer Pavilion. Naturally, they're both shocked. If that isn't weird enough, says the woman, I noticed you're reading Mark Twain. I was a communications major in university, and I actually wrote my thesis on Mark Twain and how he used satire as a lens to comment on current events of the time, comparing him to satirical news sources of today. He's my favorite author. Now, the man is really taken aback. Get out of here. I was an English major in college. I specialize in 19th century American literature. This is like my fourth or fifth time reading Tom Sawyer. I absolutely love Mark Twain. They both can't believe it. This has got to be a match made in heaven. Okay. The woman says, Well, buckle up, because here comes the icing on the cake. I noticed you're eating a prune. Prunes are my absolute favorite fruit. When I was a kid, my grandfather lived on a farm. He had an orchard that mainly grew apples and some lemons, but he knew how much my sister and I loved prunes, so we kept a couple of plum trees. Every year at the end of the summer, we'd go up and harvest the plums with him. He'd dry them, and by the time we'd get back to his place for Thanksgiving, he'd always have those prunes saved just for us. They're my favorite fruit. I love prunes. You're eating a prune. This has got to be fate. What do you say? The man puts down his fruit and responds, It's a date. This is how we disable toxic masculinity. We need to kill all men. This pagan patriarchalism that is coming back out of the shadows. Feminists hate patriarchy. It's the woman that runs the show and the woman that runs the community and is the backbone of, of that area. I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. Patriarchy. You're saying you have authority over me? Go eat your superior! I personally can't see why egalitarianism would be a bad thing. The assumption that wives should make babies instead of money is part of the patriarchy. Don't f***ing say hi to strange women you don't know. Patriarchy. The patriarchy. Patriarchy. Patriarchy.
But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. You are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, and you are listening to the Patriarchy. My name is Tony Dapani, and I am joined by my co-host, Pastor Joseph Randall Spurgeon. Woman, get back in here and make me a sandwich. Joseph, what kind of sandwich, dare I ask, are you eating today? Well, like I said, I, I woke up early today. I don't think you said that, but okay. Well, <laughs> I started to say it. So, yeah, I, I woke up early today and uh, was going to fix some breakfast. We were going to have some bacon and eggs and stuff, but realized we were actually out of, of stuff in the fridge. Like, we hadn't been in the store in a while, inflation and all that stuff. So I, I decided to go to the store and pick us up some stuff. So went down to the store. On my way there, I was kind of thinking, you know, uh, my my uh, the butane lighter that I have is out of fluid. And so I was thinking maybe I should pick some of that up. But my wife wanted me to pick up some water. And I was trying to think, you know, what what's heavier for me to carry, the water or the butane? And do uh, you know which one is heavier? I dare I ask which one? Well, water is definitely heavier because butane is a lighter fluid. <sighs> Anyways, that's that's a whole side deal to this actual sandwich. I was going to say, that's not a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 that just was the kind of things that are in my mind. And so we uh, got to the store was looking around trying to you know get some bacon some eggs we're gonna make a blt and i noticed that they had this television for sale and but it was only one dollar and i was like because i saw it from far away i was like is that walmart because where we we went to get our food and it was like one dollar and so i uh was like am i seeing things this is crazy i mean i'm surprised nobody wouldn't purchase this so i went over and yeah, it said one dollar, but it had a little sign saying the volume was stuck on full. But you know, I thought to myself, well, I can't turn that down. Oh, every week, okay, sandwich. Oh, ugh. this is still not your worst joke, though. Luckily, but do you no, have no. a sandwich? So, do, do you yes. have one? So we went and got the bacon. I got the bacon and eggs, <laughs> and I took it with me. And on the way home, I stopped at the bar. I know it's early, but I, I wanted to to go early. But I, and I did I did it, I didn't want to leave the bacon and the eggs in the in the in the car and get you know got too warm or something like that. Even though it's kind of cold out, it's like getting warm around here. <laughs> Maybe I didn't want them to freeze. Actually, okay. So I took them into the bar with me, and the guy was like, "You can stay, but the bacon and eggs got to get out of here." And I said, well, "Why?" And he said, "We don't serve breakfast here." Okay, that was that was that was not good. <laughs> you can do better. So did, I, I, did you ever get a sandwich? <laughs> well, I left. I didn't. I wasn't going to stay when my bacon and eggs were not welcome. So and so, so yeah. I go through all that. I still don't even get a sandwich. Man, why no, do no, I... I, we left. I, I got home and I had a BLT man with some bacon and lettuce and tomato and the mutton's real nice and lean. Sure you did. Sure you did. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, was, okay. It was really okay. good. All right, yeah. all right, all right. 
sure. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I expect you ever to have a real sandwich. I had a real sandwich. Um, I had a thick cuts ham sandwich. It was actually uh, that kind of like honey roasted ham or whatever. And then I had some uh, Swiss cheese on it, and it was on uh, rye bread, toasted, but it had uh, mustard. But not not like uh, not the crappy, you know, yellow mustard you just get at the store or whatever. Like like the uh, the mustard where you can actually see like the ground up mustard seed. You know, talking about oh, like, like yeah, good, yeah, like good the, mustard, like quality good mustard. Brown mustard is what's called, I think. Like right, like the yeah. Although I never understood why it's called brown because it's not completely brown. It's more like a green. I don't know. And, and now your wife made the sandwich. You said yes, she did. Yes, yes, yeah. I actually and she made the, she made the the mustard. Sure, we'll go with that. Sure, she 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 got the mustard seeds herself and. Uh, ground it up I, I can i can envision her laughing listening to this later because she she laughs every time that you you think that she makes absolutely everything but yeah sure no, i'm glad she made that man i'm glad she made and it. she it grew she grew the mustard seeds you said sure yeah uh yeah sure i'm, we'll I'm sure that. that took faith <laughs> that wow <laughs> what a segue <laughs> we've had some bad segues that one, that might be one. That might be top five. That's that's a, wow. That was a terrible segue. What are we uh, talking about today? Yeah, I are, don't know. On? I have no idea. What what on earth are we talking about? Goodness, uh, we're, we're talking about faith. We're talking about the, the the men of violence, right? We're back on that and yes. the violence of faith. Yes, which which probably sounds funny to people, but we will we will elaborate on that. So it's more of a discipline yep. thing that we are talking about the violence. Uh, but it, it does take a, a degree of violence in one sense or another uh, to have faith, especially in some things that we're going through right now, which in particular we're going to talk about uh, uh, MGTOW um, this time around. Um, and kind of, uh, it's kind of a big thing and kind of in our area, um, what we talk about on the show. If you're a first-time listener, um, welcome. Uh, this is probably going to be a doozy of an episode, but hopefully we'll... Um, keep you around and won't offend you too much but uh our, our intent isn't to offend on this our intent is actually kind of explore both um things that are being claimed by MGTOW um and also the response that they're giving and then kind of uh give some practical advice on what we suggest and our response to it but actually before before we dive into completely get into the serious stuff here do we do we want to do we want to go to our segment yeah 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 let's okay. do it Let, let's do it all right so we're gonna bring back one it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, we haven't had it in a while, but here we go. Feminism ruins everything. Since we're on the topic of things I don't understand, when women give birth to like a baby or whatever, how come they don't have to take a DNA test, but the guys do? Like, it just seems kind of sexist to me and unfair. The only guys have to take DNA tests when women give birth to babies. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And how did they know, like, she's the mom? <laughs> what? Uh, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm going to give you one guess as to how you know she's the mom. Oh. Uh... Oh, yeah, man. My poor girl. Feminism. I don't. We're calling it feminism ruins everything. Because because feminism I, ruined her. It ruined yeah, her. That's I, that's it. somebody needs to somebody needs to help that girl. That's 
That's unfortunate. Wow, that's... She's really... mom had a DNA test. I was like, she's really, really serious about that, too. That's, uh... Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So, well... Yep, the feminism ruins everything, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, pretty much everything it touches, yeah, for sure. Although, uh, I think that would be... Uh, we see we can actually use that as a segue. See, it's a better segue. The segue. Yeah, I was this. I was getting ready to. But you're not actually supposed to like point the segues out. You're you're like becoming like a Segway salesman. I'm saying. <laughs> like, you you don't. I don't want to ever try those things. Those things. I don't know. I've seen way. Oh, I guess I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking of segues, but I'm also thinking of those. Uh, they call them hoverboards. They're not really hoverboards. You know what I'm talking about? I've seen way too many videos of people just starting spinning like crazy on those and other Segway videos of people just running into trees that I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm, so I don't think I'd be a good salesman on that one. My sister-in-law, I wasn't a Segway, but it was one of those like uh, uh, scooters kind of things. Yeah. She fell down and broke both of her arms. Ow. Yeah, I've seen like some both, nasty or, videos. Or her wrist, both wrist or something I've seen like some that. nasty videos of that stuff. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of... Uh, of the good segue that we're trying to do here, maybe. This is a terrible segue. Um, but uh, not a fan of uh, actually trying to sell the segues. Yeah. So anyways, as we are segueing <laughs> to something it's else. a terrible segue. And Tony has fallen and broken both his wrists <laughs> on this segue. <laughs> Hit my head a few times. There you go. <laughs> yes. I'm sure everybody else has been in pain listening to it. <laughs> we are talking about, um, we're talking about today, we've already mentioned MGTOW which it, it stands for men going their own way. And it's kind of this phrase that came into probably existence uh, somewhere in the early 2000s. There was this blog back in 2001 that published this uh, manifesto called the MGTOW Manifesto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The blog was called No Ma'am. And so kind of early on, the MGTOW people were very libertarian, but the, 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 it, it follows in what we call the men's movement, the men right movement, the alt-right, the, the red pill, um, the manosphere. And so we, you know, we kind of sit in the middle of the stream of that because what we've seen is that, um, and the reason we started this podcast was that the, it is a difficult time for men to live. Uh, um, in our culture, we have feminism that is ruining everything, and yet is is taking over so much. It's it's in the air we we breathe. We're swimming in it, and I don't know of a man or woman in our time who hasn't been influenced by feminism in some way. And so, um, because of that, you know, there's a lot of difficulties for men. Uh, starting with young men, we I think we have talked about this before. Um, how, well, even in my book, I wrote a book called It's Good to Be a Boy, talked about how sometimes boys are thought of as defective because they have a lot of energy and, 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 um, movement and they don't do as well in traditional class settings. And so you have young men, young boys even being put on pills, speaking of pills. And, and so there, even from there, it seems to be an attack on masculinity uh, you know, we have the phrase talk, toxic masculinity and all that things. So I think, Tony, that's kind of what started us on this journey here with the Patriarchy podcast was just seeing that it's actually it is really good. God created manhood 
and we need to reclaim it. And uh, men need help, um, and we do as well, um, growing in our manhood, growing in, in godly masculinity as leaders, as fighters, standing for what is right. And so I, I would say some of the same things that probably have mo- motivated us are the truths that this MGTOW movement has uh, uh, become aware of. And so, um, but to give you a little bit more about what MGTOW is, is it's basically these men are looking up, they're waking up, they're taking the, the red pill at first of the idea of feminism around that the courts are stacked against men. Um, the, you know, if, if, and I've seen this and with some, as a pastor counseling men and, and some men through different issues that the, the courts are pretty stacked up against you. I mean, you get into a divorce court and they immediately take the woman's side. Oftentimes the judge is a woman, the, the, the attorneys are women and everything is, is geared to, if, especially if you're accused of something to, uh, to hit against you. And so there's a lot you can lose by going through the court system. A lot of men, you know, end up uh, having a lot of their, their lives sucked away through that court system. And so there's, there's that. I think another thing that we see uh, uh, that uh, I think is just a fact of life. And that is that women are geared towards men who are, um, of what higher value, uh, that is men who are the alpha men, the alpha male, right? They're geared towards, they want men who are successful and attractive and, uh, uh, the, and not necessarily even just physical. It's, it's the having wealth and skills and, and competence and gravitas and security to it. There's a, yeah. Yeah. And so there's this term called a hyper, uh, hyper, uh, blah, hypergamy. Hypergamy. Thank you. <laughs> I always want to call it hypergamy. Hypergamy. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> yep. Hypergamy. And uh, which is what we were talking about, what women are geared towards, which is, I mean, that's just what, how God has designed women in a relationship is that the women are the ones who give birth to the children. They, mother of the children, so they they want a man who will provide and, and care for them. That's the natural tendency as God created. But yeah, um, and, and there's and to be fair to people listening, I mean there's we're not saying that as a as a negative thing that women desire to feel secure or women desire to feel safe. I mean that I mean I, I could ask my wife right now and she would say that she enjoys the fact that she is provided for and that she feels safe and that she can do what she needs to do in our home. You can take care of our kids, beautify the home, I mean, make make a house into a home, because she doesn't worry about those things outside. That you know, I I shield you know the house from that or my household from that, and so that, that's not we're not saying that as some kind of uh, slight against women. Well, yes and no, actually. <laughs> so, well, the MGTOW movement is what they've done with that is is they the, there's more into the idea of uh, hypergamy than just that. So that part is the, the good part, which we're, we're not saying is bad. Right. To be fair, I wasn't <laughs> saying hypergamy was a good thing. I was just saying uh, okay, the particular okay, yeah. things you were saying there about that we were saying that seeking, you know, seeking a, a man who's competent, a man who's intelligent, who can provide for him and, you know, that. But yes, I what you're going into now is 
to flesh out the rest of that. I was just trying to provide yeah, so a segue into that since we're talking about me being a Segway salesman. Apparently, again, I'm a terrible Segway salesman, so I'm just going to get on my Segway and go away and let you finish your your, your uh, thing on hypergamy here, or a hypergamy, your hypergamy. Yeah, there we go. My hypergamy <laughs> thing. Yep. All right, so ga- gammy no, away. No, the, yeah, so what is it? Hypergamy is is that idea, but then you add in the idea that the, 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 that women are would be tempted to abandon a man to keep moving up the ladder to a higher value man. Right. And so uh, the the kind of uh, view of feminism in our day is that young and attractive women are uh, uh, promiscuous. And so the, the argument is, you know, that they're just having sex with numerous men trying to climb the ladder. And oftentimes what happens is they will then gravitate to the alpha alpha man who uh, will end up mistreating them. And then that solidifies their beliefs in feminism because now they're bitter and angry. And so, but as they age, they exchange like the alpha men for more of the beta men who can provide for them financially but they're not necessarily sexually attracted to. And so um, they might get married, not even have sex in the marriage. They'll deny sex. They'll, they, they, because it's the beta man, uh, they'll, the woman will rule the roost. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, even then divorce their husbands. And the divorce thing is a huge uh, issue that gets brought up a lot with MGTOW. I mean, uh, and, and, I'll be honest, for good reason. I mean, the the divorce rates, the well, you were talking earlier, the divorce laws and things like that. Um, it just laws in general in terms of uh, a man's right within marriage with his children. There was actually a, um, uh, let's see, I got up on my phone here. There was a state representative uh, in Oklahoma um, that recently was uh, tweeting about uh, a bill he filed and he said it codifies that a father's financial responsibility to his baby and the mom begins at conception, which, okay, yeah, I mean, that, I think it begins at marriage, but, but the whole thing was is that he is pro-abortion. And so the, the absolute <laughs> complete brain fart on his part of because uh, everybody was going, I mean, everybody on the on the you know anti-abortion, pro-life, whatever you would call it side is going, okay, yeah, great, because it was like so. Then if the woman or the mother, you know, or the wife or whoever it happens to be, hopefully the wife, um, you know, the whole abortion thing's like, well, then then d- d- does the father get a say in that? Because the father has no, I mean, that's another thing that gets brought up in is the even even in marriage or whatever, the father has no say in our courts in terms of if the mother wants to just go out and murder his kid. Um, you and I've done abortion ministry, and I don't know about you, but I've encountered men that are literally in tears because they've been locked out of a building while the mother of their child is in there murdering their kid, and they they literally can do nothing. The courts don't care nothing. So that all being said, yeah. is that there's the courts in terms of divorce laws, in terms of parental rights and stuff like that. It is very stacked. That that is an absolute reality, and we can't deny that. Yeah, another thing you can't deny is actually the divorce rate. Uh, who's mm-hmm. actually initiating the divorces? Oh, massively, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's majority obviously is, is, is women that are initiating divorces, mm-hmm. which is very interesting because when you read the Bible, for example, the commands that Jesus gives about divorce are all aimed at the, the man, mm-hmm. right? You're not to send your wife, a woman Boy, away. Yeah. Yep. So you think at that time there were, you know, the idea of a woman divorcing her husband was was not the normal thing. It was the flipped upside the other way, right? The mm-hmm. man would divorce his wife for any reason. Well, we've flipped that all now, and now so if, if Jesus were alive today, you know, he, he would probably be saying a woman should not send her husband away, <laughs> right? Don't, right. Don't um, forsake the husband of your youth. Yeah. Yeah, because the the woman has initiated so much divorce, and I, they're not even—it's not making them more happy either. No, oh, no, no. But all. they think and it will, and and, but the, and, it and going actually back to the 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 tweet thing, I think from that pro abort. I mean, men are already held responsible for their children, right? Absolutely. If you go to courts, I mean, the the you have to get a DNA test, though. Remember. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why does the woman not have to do it? <laughs> yeah. Um so there are issues facing men and 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 when it comes to relationships with women. Uh there's issues and and, and there's issues beyond just the relationship feminism th- issue. Uh there's another movement that's kind of similar to this or it's kind of all tied up called black pill. And so if the red pill is like receiving truths and letting that change you, you have like the blue pill, which is like, I'm just going to ignore truths and continue down the, the normie mm-hmm. route. You have the white pill, which is like, you know, it's, it's optimism. Well, black pill is like death. It's the, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the, the very idea that it's, it's just bitterness, man. Yeah. It's, it's All a loss, it's it's a loss of hope. It's just cynicism. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a complete loss of hope. Yeah. yeah, and it's the idea that nothing is better. And for, in particular for some of these men, the black pill is they will never be an alpha male. So they'll just be stuck to be an uh, um, incel is what it's called. Which is yeah. it's hilarious that they say things like that in terms of, well, I'll never be an alpha male. And it's like, well, yeah, you're, you're literally, by saying that, making yourself a beta male. Like, it's your fault. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not even. Yeah, yeah. It's just like they're making themselves because they're self-owning themselves. Yeah. Yep. And so, but you have you have other things that not just even about relationships. You have a lot of difficult things when it comes to maybe trying to establish a young man trying to get established. You have uh, the housing market. Man, it's hard to buy a house. They they sell so quick. Mm-hmm. No matter where you're at in the country, some yeah. places are even worse than others. But no matter where you're at, it's it's incredibly difficult. Prices of houses have gone prices way up. Are, yeah, the prices of houses have gone up. The whole property tax thing. The depending on the area you're in, you may have extra taxes on it, or you may have. Yeah, there's all sorts of things going too. I, I I've you and I both own houses. This is my second house, and I was blessed to have this house be in the family and able to get it at a better price. But yeah, I, I if I would have bought a house of the kind of property that I have, the size uh, without family, uh, yeah, this would have cost an immense amount of money uh, to, to the point where, yeah, there's a lot of guys that are just like, I, I can't get a house or, or I'm going to rent an apartment or something because they may not have any houses wherever they're living that they can even afford or they don't want to go into debt. And, you know, I understand that too. You don't want to, 
You want to go? Yeah, but sometimes like people are like uh, even afraid to, to to rent, so like you know they might stay in their parents' house forever until they can try to save up. This is true. Yeah, and 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 I actually I, I do know a couple guys. Um, that's sort of their excuse um, is they they want to stay in their parents' house and save up enough money to be able to buy a house. While I can commend saving to buy a house, um, I feel like that's taking the the cheat route. <laughs> the, well, the, not necessarily, but it, it it could be. I mean, it it could be that like it's a lack of faith, or it's worldly wisdom, which we're going to get at in here in a little bit. But well, and I think I think maybe maybe we ask the question on on if they're living at home, what does life look like? With that, are are they contributing to that house, or are they just yeah. literally living completely free in mom's basement, you know, <laughs> playing Minecraft or whatever, and and just collecting money? And that that's what I meant when I said cheat. I guess to to clarify, um, you know, if if there just really is no place to live at the moment, you are trying to still look for a place to live, but. You are contributing to that house that you live in. You know you're paying for part of the utilities. You're you're helping to repair things. You're taking care of it. Um, you know that kind of deal. I can understand that for a a while. I think uh, you could push back on that, but I think I would I would say that there's there needs to be a point. You need to have a a plan, a, a path to to get out of there. Some of the other issues, so it's housing, retirement issues, divorce. We went through, yeah. Divorce um, and all all these issues, and um, on top of that, I want I wanted to bring up something I think we've talked about previously, and I'll tie it together for us here, and that is that uh, our our the marriage rate and the the birth um, the birth rates have plummeted in our country, so. Mm. For, according to the U.S. Census data, in 1962, over half of 21-year-olds were married. But in 2018, which is where I can find the most recent data, only 8.8% of 21-year-olds are married. Wow, that is... Yeah, you ain't kidding when he said plummeted. In 1962, 90% of people were married by the time they were 30 years old. Today, only thirty percent of people ages eighteen to thirty-four are married. Mm-hmm. And and do you, do you want to go into the reasons why? Well, I, I think we're I'm, I, we're going to tie this all together here with what we've some of this other stuff we've just said. Actually, okay. yeah. And so I would also say that uh, 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 one other thing I wanted to point was the 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 median age for a woman's first marriage in nineteen fifty was 20.5, so 20 years and a half. In 2018, it was 28. Sheesh. And then uh, the median age for first marriage, even more recently, has hit the higher. So we're, we're almost at 30 years old, at least for men. And so one of the things that actually, interestingly enough, hasn't declined is the rate of the unmarried couples living together. That's actually increased. Yeah, I, I could have guessed that. So there was 9% living with an unmarried partner uh, uh, um, in, wait a second, here we 50 years ago, sorry, only 0.1% of 18 to 24-year-olds and 0.2% of 25 to 34-year-olds lived with an unmarried partner. 
Now we're 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 up, you know, way up above that. And then, of course, our uh, birth rates, right? They're down below one point seven. Hmm. What's the what, which, what is it now? The average. What is the, the, the average number of kids? It's like one point. That's what I'm saying. It's like it, no, it's one point. It's less one than one point seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it. More pe- people probably have more dogs than they have kids at this point. Yeah. So, reason I bring this all up uh, is that this is you know the MGTOW people point to this data, and then they point back at the previous data about. Uh, housing markets, job markets, about, um, you know, that's one of the things we didn't even talk about was how if you come out of college, you can't necessarily find a job that will help you pay your loans and help you. Uh, uh, you, you the, the argument is, well, you know, in 1950s, you can get a job and you can buy a house and all that stuff. And now you can't quite do that. And so there's a lot of angst at the boomer generation a lot of anger at them um, from um, the younger generations because they seem to have had things better. And so the MGTOW people point to, you know, like the, the lack of housing, the job markets, the feminism, and all these things. And they say, see, it's really just not worth it to get married. And that's why nobody's getting married. And furthermore, I mean, this is what the big towel thing is, is it's men going their own way. It's basically men checking out. Uh, uh, There was an article back in 2014 by Milo. What's what's his last name? I always butcher it. Um, Well, I didn't want to say it. Me and Minneapolis. I always get it wrong. But yeah, yeah, it, whatever. Most people, if you're listening to this and you have any clue what McDowell is, you probably know who Milo is. Yeah, he wrote a thing called the Sexodus, mm-hmm. and and so he basically is describing it. it's men giving up on women, women and checking out of society. And and I've have seen this in that it is it's very difficult for young people to find a spouse right now. You have a whole lot of young men. Who uh, we've talked about Guyland before? Who are living in Guyland? For people that haven't listened to that episode, it, we just mean the kind of a new generation in between boy and manhood. Just kind of, yeah. You're not you're not young enough to be a boy. You're old enough to be a man, but you're not a man. Like you might be living in mom's basement. You might not have your own job. That kind of thing. You're you're kind of just you're in the. I'm going to play video games and not graduate to manhood. So we call that Guyland. Actually, didn't that come from a book? I think, yep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Book on it. Anyway, just in case you haven't listened to that episode, just to flesh that out. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and so you have all this stuff happening, and it is tempting, I think, for young men, even older men, maybe men that have been, that have actually experienced divorce and have experienced all the, 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 the crap aimed at them to check out. Like, I'm not pursuing marriage anymore. I'm, I'm at, at, at most I'll, I'll have short re- relationships, you know, just if I'll, I'll just use women for sex or I just won't even do that at all. I'll just check out. And I, I do think some of that comes from older men that that's happened to. I think that they're influencing much younger men that we're seeing right now that are 
making up the growing part of, I think, MGTOW. I do think that there are guys that marry the wrong woman. Um, and, you know, we've heard stories. I mean, we've heard horrific stories. Probably people listening to this have or you know, you've got a guy who's married 10, 15, maybe 20 years or something like that. And I, all of a sudden, you know, his wife, I'm sure it's not all of a sudden, but seems like it is all of a sudden, you know, she leaves him, she takes everything, takes the kids. He has no contact with the kids, everything he, you know, worked for. She gets half or more. Maybe he gets to see his kids on the weekend. Maybe he doesn't get to see him at all. Um, and not that I think that anybody should become bitter, but I think both of us could understand how the temptation is real to become bitter towards marriage or bitter towards women in that. And, and that happens. And then, you know, they're talking to a younger generation that is already frustrated with the fact that every girl they're going out with is a feminist or seems like it in one form or fashion. They're listening to these guys and then they're checking out and it's just kind of a, it's a really bad perpetual cycle that we're, we're seeing. It is a cycle. And one of the things I wanted to, that we've spent a lot of time, I think, and we, we haven't even touched the surface on all the issues that can be facing men today. And the reason we wanted to spend time on that is we wanted to say we acknowledge and we are aware of and have experienced even in our own lives the challenges facing men. And so I, I want to, I think I want to start by saying to uh, this whole movement that there's some truth in in what you're saying. Before before we get onto it here, let's let's take a quick commercial break and let's come back and let's kind of revisit on that too, um, because I think that's a good point to leave it on because we we do we don't want to we're not dismissing MGTOW we're not we're not trying to say any of the concerns and the there are real objections that you guys in MGTOW have. And we want to acknowledge that that is actually a true in reality. We just want to talk to you about the response that you have to that and where we think is a better route to go. So having said that, let's take a quick commercial break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to kind of discuss some of maybe some practical application and kind of how we hope you can change your perception on this and, and, and live a better life and still have some optimism in that. So we're going to take a break. And you are listening to The Patriarchy on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We'll be right back. Gentlemen, Tony DePani here from the Patriarchy Podcast. Do you like coffee? I do. The darker, the better. Joseph doesn't. He calls it bitter bean water, and that's because he drinks sweet tea, which is basically just brown Kool-Aid. He also doesn't know that I'm doing this commercial, and he's not here right now, so I could say whatever I want. Call it bitter bean water, or as you should, call it the nectar of the gods. Either way, coffee is a wonderful thing. That's why we've partnered with Mission First Coffee, a Christian-owned and operated coffee brand that ships that wonderful bean water straight to your doorstep. 10% of every order goes to Paul Washer's Heart Cry Missionary Society, and they've even got a no-questions money-back guarantee, which is crazy in today's day and age. So ditch the Dunkin', scrap the Starbucks, head over to missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash patriarchy to get some seriously good coffee and support our show. What are you waiting for? The gender-neutral barista at the local chain shop to ask if you want whipped cream with that latte? Come on. Real men drink it black. And go support a company that will actually be remembered in the world to come. 
That's missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash patriarchy. And be sure to leave a comment with your order that you'd love to see a super dark patriarchy blend one day, because I think that'd be pretty cool. So head over to missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash patriarchy. Get yourself or a loved one or both a bag of beautiful bean water today. Dear Mr. Zuckerberg, I paid for an ad for a gardening course for men that I teach. No pansies gardening. But I got a notice that it's been removed for hate speech. I would like to submit for review, please, because we don't actually garden pansies. Signed, Al. Well, Al, good luck with that, because in about two seconds... Wait a second! I just got hit with another strike for submitting my request for a review? That doesn't seem fair. Yeah, Al, none of it does. <laughs> just you wait, buddy. Oh, come on! Another strike just for clicking the I don't agree button? And now I can't even post? How am I supposed to advertise now? Good question, Al. And I think I may have an answer for you, and for everyone else that's been in the same boat as you. Are you like Al? You got your own business and you need to advertise, but it seems all the normal platforms just aren't working out because, well, they're woke and you're not. Yeah, we've been there too, but we want to help. We have an ever-growing audience on our show, and we're looking for Christian-owned businesses that want to advertise to men and women that are looking for honest, quality-driven products and services. If you like our show, our humor, and our production, send us an email at contact at thepatriarchypodcast.com with a brief description of your business, product, or service, along with the kind of advertising you're looking for on our show, and let's talk. Don't end up like poor Al over here. Oh, good grief! Now I have to submit my driver's license, a blood sample, and my firstborn child as tribute to Zuckerberg just to be able to submit another ad? Yeah, Al, it's not worth it, buddy. Send an email to contact at thepatriarchypodcast.com. Let's talk about advertising your business on our show outside of the confines of Zuckerberg and all the others. All right, welcome back. Um, on our first segment, we were kind of talking about uh, laying the groundwork for uh, MGTOW and what MGTOW, the objections, which, it, it, back it up in case you're coming into this late, MGTOW's men going their own way. Um, it's a response to feminism. It's a response to the frustrations of young and even older men um, with uh, trying to find a good woman, um, trying to find a woman that will stay married, uh, objections they have or things to the laws, to divorce laws, court laws. So go back and listen to the first segment if you didn't do it on that. But as we're moving into this now, we want to talk about um, the response that MGTOW is having to all of these things we talked about in the first uh, segment. And then we also want to talk about uh, how we differ with that and how we think is a much better route to go. Uh, as men to uh, then then going our own way, <laughs> we would argue we, there's a different route to go. I tried to do something with it there. I don't think my segue made it, but I'm not the segue salesman. We've already established that in the first segment. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's how we're gonna uh, talk about it from here. So Joseph, I will let you pick it up from here because you were last talking. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were pointing out there are real issues, 
right? It's not bury your hand, your head in the sand and, and live in Pollyanna. <laughs> but I think something we have to start off with is that the, I think, I, and this is going to be very hard, is that the MGTOW black pill mindset is not Christian. It is faithless. It's bitterness. It actually is the same thing that feminists do. Right. Feminists often point to real issues, some real challenges sometimes that women face. Sometimes they point to real abuses in relationships of fatherhood, and then they despise fatherhood and want nothing to do with it. And so MGTOW is just that. It's it's the the whole black pill thing. It's letting bitterness and fear uh, uh, overtake you. And it, and it's and 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 not only that, it's very myopic in its view of history and of its own circumstances. And in in other hands, on, 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 on in other words, I mean, uh, it is a very self-centered view that only takes a look at one's own generation or one's own time and sees how difficult it is and thinks, well, man, there's something abnormal and different about struggling here. And yet, I mean, anybody with any sense of history knows that men have been struggling since time began. I mean, since the fall, sin has brought in curse and men have had to struggle. And there's been... uh, there's been fight between man and woman since the beginning. There's been dealing with suffering from the beginning. And, uh, I mean, you all, all you have to think about is even God's people, how much they had to suffer, like being taken off into slavery there in Egypt. Well, imagine if Adam went his own way. I was thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, he had, <laughs> he had, he had a command from God. He had a mission and yeah, I mean, in in some respects, yeah, Eve <laughs> messed it up. I mean, she played into part of that, um, but you know, obviously, Adam didn't give up and he didn't go his own way. Um, he kept at it. I mean, and, that, and I think that's well, that's that's really the undergirding argument. I think we have that we're going with is is giving up is not a manly characteristic. No, it's not, and you can. They'll, they'll be well. We're not. We're just being wise. It's not cost. Cost benefit analysis doesn't fall for getting married. And and you think about but being risk averse. Like, being risk averse yeah. is not manly either. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible says, "Do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and keep your foot from being caught." All right. We're we're not called to fearfulness. We're called to faithfulness. And, and I, I, like I like I was saying that they're in Egypt. You think about the people there in Egypt under slavery and harsh slavery, and yet the Bible says they were they were reproducing. They were they were being very very fruitful. They were having lots of children, and so even the MGTOW thing is like I'm not going to get married. There's also the kind of like you can't have a child because of you can't bring a child into this world. It's so terrible and all that stuff. And you hear they were in slavery. Reproducing so much, so much that yeah. the Pharaoh despised them, mm-hmm. and you see this. I mean, this is all the way throughout the Bible that men suffer. They didn't have much sometimes, and they suffered. 
and they still had faith. I mean, uh, we. I mean, the, there's no greater story really of a man suffering than Job. Job, right? I was just just thinking of that, yeah. And here's a man who's bitter, who could. I mean, could be bitter. I mean, he has every reason to be. His wife wants him to be, <laughs> and his friends are no help. Mm-hmm. And there's every logical, regional, rational, cost-benefit analysis for him not to have any more children. Right? Because all his children died. Died, yeah. But what does the book end with? He had more. He had a lot more, and a it was more. fruitful, and, and there was blessings mm-hmm. from it. I mean, this is the picture of throughout the Bible, that men have suffered and that men do suffer. And uh, it's not only, I mean, Jesus is our perfect example of a man who suffered. And we, we tend to think that we can get by life without suffering, which is, it, it's silly to think that our master, the God of the universe, can, who, who deserves no suffering, who deserves nothing but endless praise, would enter into life, into poverty, into parents who could not afford, for example, the 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 sacrifice of a lamb. So they had to go to the, the sacrifice for the poor people, which is turtle doves, mm-hmm. when they made the, the sacrifice when he was born. You have Jesus who says that the foxes have holes, but I've got nowhere to lay my head. Jesus who uh, uh, was, was uh, traveling having to rely on um, the the care of his disciples and, and people to feed him and that kind of thing. And then obviously at times he fed them with the 5,000. But there's the Jesus who doesn't have wealth and riches. He doesn't come in soft clothing either. You know, Jesus said John the Baptist didn't come that way. Well, neither did Jesus, right? Jesus wasn't in palaces. He was mocked. He was despised. He was arrested. He was put. He was falsely accused. And if you want to talk about a court stacked against you, that's very true. He had the courts stacked against him mm-hmm. completely, and he suffered, and he died, and he did it for us. But he also, he you know, we we talk a lot about, and we ought to, that he did it to pay for our sins. But it's also true that it's also an example and model for us because the Apostle Peter lays it out as an example and model that we are to suffer in that same way, that when that suffering comes, we do so in the same manner that he did, which is to be reminded that we, we the, the way of life is the way of the cross. And so, I mean, I, you just can't say that men have it now worse than they've ever had it. Uh, you just can't do it. I think that like, part of it, I think part of it, why it's easier to say now i'm not saying it's correct but i think why it's easier to say now is the proliferation of social media um i yes we live in a very feminist culture so you have a lot of uh celebrities musicians politicians that are female that um have a very large audience um and does affect you know, more people in that respect. But I think it just feels more saturated, um, this kind of aggression-type deal against men. Um, 
And and yes, maybe that's more of the front that we're fighting against at this point uh, than something else. But like you were saying, you know, there's different kinds of struggles. There's different kinds of trouble. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of men having it absolutely horribly, um, I, I mean, you can <laughs> you can literally pick up and travel to the other side of the country to look for a good woman, you know, in less than a day now then you know when we're talking about like a couple hundred years ago or something it would have taken you out on I don't know how long it would have taken you with a horse and buggy to get across the country um I, but I think that we overlook a lot of the modern conveniences we have in that and it's just kind of we just go yeah you know what no I'm just gonna I'm gonna check out and I'm gonna run away from it instead of looking for the things that we have at our disposal to make it better or to to go and press ahead um you know instead of uh it, it's kind of like well you know I, I broke I broke my horse and buggy cart, you know, now I can't get to the, the frontier. Like, well, you know, I'm, no, you don't just give up. You fix the buggy, you know, or you get a new horse. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you find something to fix it with and you move on. But you, you can't just stop and, and, and wallow in the mud and feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. And, and that, that's the thing, man. We're, we, we, we're not denying that there's not challenges, but they're, the point I'm trying to make, and I think you're agreeing, is that there's always been challenges for men. It, 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 it's what actually men are meant to do is to stand mm-hmm. up to the challenges. The challenges yeah, are they're what terrible. Makes us they suck. Them. Yeah. They're hard to go through. Mm-hmm. But I mean, sort of what makes it a challenge. <laughs> it, it is. And it is part of life. And some of our challenges are not as hard as some of the challenges in people in the past. You, when you say we have it worse, do you really think that than the men who came over here on the Mayflower who barely survived that many of them died i was gonna say how many of the ones starving to death yeah yeah and if you see how many children they had um i I did research a while back i I don't have with me the numbers but you can see how many of them died and then how quick they actually recovered and grew the population of their town they they had the challenges of indians attacking them they had the challenge of leaving their own nation, going across the sea. They have a challenge of, of disease, sickness. They have the challenges of, of uh, 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 facing the wilderness. And yet they have faith to, to have children and to have wives. And, and bringing this going back even further, you just go back all the way through church history and see there's always been challenges. I've been reading recently on the uh, the conflict of Islam that's had towards the West since its creation by the false prophet Muhammad. And um, it is amazing to read. It is mind-blowing of how when they came into Africa and the regions that have been Christendom, how they came and just raped the women, they slaughtered wholesale many men, they forced them into slavery, forced them into sex slavery, forced many of them into into sodomy and everything else. And yet these people still had faith and they still fought and they still stood strong. And so uh, one last piece then connecting this even to with marriage is if you remember in the Bible that uh, Paul, he gets asked, you know, should they get married? And, and he's talking about this present condition that they're in. So this is this is always a passage people want to point to to say, oh, we don't really need to get married. Paul says it's better, you know, 
be better to be single than to be married. And uh, if you remember that, there's this crisis of persecution waving the church. And so the question is, well, should we get married during this time? And Paul's answer still is, if you burn, get married. If you have sexual um, desire, then you need to get married. That is, even in this present condition with persecution, it's better to get married than to burn. We talked about the difference between the the, the gift of singleness, you know, the people call it, and, and celibacy, which is what the actual gift is. And you're illustrating that as basically is if you want to have sex, you don't have the gift of celibacy. Yep. Pretty easy to figure that one out. Well, so that's the first thing I want to say is, is let's stop with bitterness. So the first aspect of how do you deal with all the issues? Stop with bitterness. You know, we hate feminism. We mock it all the time. But man, I don't want to be paying people rent for them living in my head all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, stop. And I think that's what you're pointing is don't. I, I and I think there are guys that that maybe listen to our show or or in the general you know MGTOW movement thing that we're talking about. But that's the difference. Is yeah, we mock it and we have funny segments and things like that. But I don't think about feminism twenty four seven. Like everything in the world that I see, all the things that are wrong all the time, it's not automatically feminism, feminism, feminism. Now, granted, feminism contributes to a lot of things like that, but I don't go to bed at night having nightmares about feminism. <laughs> you know, like it's just not a thing, you know? Yeah, we address the problem and then you move on. Yeah, well, yeah, well, but they're they're still allowing feminism. That's the whole thing, the interesting thing. They think they're walking away from feminism, but they're actually still allowing feminism to drive what they're doing. Yeah, it's following them the whole way. It, just nagging them in their ear, which is just kind of <laughs> yeah. ironic. But. So, the first thing we want to say then is don't have anything to do with this kind of movement. If you're a Christian, have nothing to do with. It. There's nothing that you need to know about it. You can you know about the problems, and the Bible doesn't command us to spend our all of our time focused on the, the problems, right? There's a worldly wisdom, and there's godly wisdom. You know, James three says, "Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom." But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart. Do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there's disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruit, unwavering without hypocrisy. So, uh, I want to first say, how do we respond to all these challenges? Well, don't respond with the worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom says you got to look out for yourself. It's all about your own selfish ambition, all about self-preservation, self-protection. And that is not the way of faith. And so bringing it around our actual topic is men of faith are men of... there's. There's a violence of faith that will just hit into the problems and not run away from them, and and will go into them. 
And so uh, well, I want. I want. There's a violence. Well, I was gonna say there's a violence about it in that all of the, the that we're talking about, all of the problems that are chirping in your ear, all of the things that are around you. Um, it, it, you know, even any man, it can sometimes can seem overwhelming and things like that. But the the violence of faith is the willingness to charge through it and to cut yourself a swath through it and not run away from it. Yeah. Well, so how do you do that? What, 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 what do you do? Like what, so how do you do that cutting the swath part? Well, use a sword, I, use a sword. <laughs> I, I actually, I want to tell, I want to say there's, I have two points I want to make about that. And then, um, and then I think, uh, I'll, I'll see what, if you have anything else to add on it. But, uh, one is, uh, this is going to sound uh, ironic or opposite of what it, we're saying, but the first thing is forget yourself. And it's what I call the kingdom paradox, which is Jesus said, like, uh, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And so the kingdom paradox is that when you most think of yourself, your own gain, your own benefits, your own pleasures— and your demand that others constantly fulfill your needs and desires, you actually find that you don't get what you want. Everything that you want is most constantly out of your grasp. And so a whole lot of the MGTOW thing is a constant selfish motivation and maybe being able to obtain some level of power and or some level of respect. Control. And, and the th- control. And the thing is, when God... Uh, uh, has designed the world that when you seek these things in and of themselves, you never really get them. Mm-hmm. Like if you seek to financial security, and that's when you're going to be secure, you will you will find out that no no man, no matter how wealthy he is, is secure in his riches. Right? It it will leave you. It will leave you um, discontent. That's why Jeff Bezos is trying to leave the world. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you will find that sexual partners, you can have lots of them, will never satisfy you and never leave you in a loving relationship. You'll find that when you only think about yourself and self-preservation, shutting yourself off from others, you'll never really be happy and you'll never be preserved from being hurt because you're just living your whole life being hurt. You may be able to somehow keep yourself from having to face a court, maybe keep yourself from facing divorce, but you're never really going to have the happiness and the joy of the Lord. Like when your aim is self-preservation, self-protection at all costs, when your aim basically is anything other than the glory of God, you lose, you lose it all, no matter how hard you strive but here's the paradox. When you give that up, you forget yourself and you live for the glory of God and the love of neighbor and you give yourself to loving others, even though you may never actually obtain riches in this life, you gain your soul, number one. And often because this God has created the world to work according to this paradox, you gain everything else. Right? You gain, you gain contentment. The Bible says, actually, with contentment, um, godliness is a mean of great gain. And so you gain, uh, you often gain respect when you stop trying to be the man that always demands respect. You gain love when you just start loving others and forget about yourself. 
when you stop thinking of only self-preservation. And it doesn't mean you won't be hurt. It doesn't mean that at all. You might be truly hurt. In fact, one of the things I was thinking about, Tony, is this, is that uh, uh, every marriage or about 99.9% of marriages will end in pain. That's true. Now, it might be the pain of divorce, or it may be the pain of closing your loved one's eyes. Mm-hmm. I say 99.9% because there's that chance that maybe you both die together <laughs> and, and you don't have to experience that pain uh, of being separated. Mm-hmm. There's no way around getting away from the pain of marriage. There's no way of getting away from pain of having children. No way away from it. But what are you doing? You're giving all that up to protect yourself and you're losing out on the joy of marriage, the joy of children, and the joy of the Lord. So I, I think the first thing, I, one of the things I would say then is about, is just forget yourself and give yourself to obedience to the Lord and loving others. Give yourself to loving others. And then the second thing I want to say, and it won't take me as long, is don't despise the days of small beginnings. All right. Uh, God began with us when we were quite small. And often the reason these people are angry with black pill or MGTOW is they want everything at once, right? They expect to have what their parents had after a long time and their grandparents worked really hard for as soon as they graduate college. They expect to have everything immediately and they despise the day of small beginnings, don't do that. Um, it's faithfulness is a long range of steps in the same direction. And so that takes contentment and just faith, constant faith, taking little chunks at a time. And I think that's actually how you overcome a lot of the problems facing young men is just little steps, right? Don't be afraid. If there's a, a godly woman that you, that you know, ask her out. And uh, get married. Even if you have to live in an apartment or you have to live in a trailer, do small little steps of faithfulness, of giving yourself away. So that's my instructions. What do you got, Tony? No, I was sort of the last thing you were saying. There's kind of the direction I was saying is start by doing things for other people. Start by serving other people, looking for things you could do for your church, things you can do for your community, your family. I mean, maybe your family lives around you. Um, but be, be productive and, and do something with yourself. Um, you know, you're not married yet, so you, you know, have time to get some more skills or something while you're on the search for a wife and don't be afraid to ask people for help. Um, we do, we're not denying the fact that it is harder to find a good woman right now. Um, but it doesn't mean there are no good women. So I'm hoping that if you're listening to the show, that you are a Christian that is a part of a local church, go to your pastor. Maybe your pastor knows other churches. A lot of churches talk to each other, at least in the reform circles. Maybe he knows uh, a family in another church that has a, a daughter or a couple daughters that uh, not yet married, good, godly young lady. Uh, don't, don't be afraid of that kind of thing. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 stop following all of the... Instagram guru dudes and all that stuff on it. I, there are some guys that have 
some good things to say at times, but the guys that are all about this is how you pick up women, this is how you do whatever, just unsubscribe, stop following them. It's it's you're setting yourself up for failure because you're expecting something to happen that's very much likely not going to happen. And it's just not going to work out that way. It's it's almost like women that follow or watch way too many romantic movies and comedies and whatever. They have this idea in their head of what finding the perfect man is going to be like in their perfect engagement and wedding day and all of these things. And then they end up never married <laughs> because they just set themselves up for failure on it because they're not, they're not going to find that because nothing is perfect like that. doesn't mean you can't have a happy marriage or happy engagement. So, yeah, my advice would be is to just, like Joseph was saying, to forget about yourself, go out and do things for other people, be be a man that is known in your community and known in your church, and put yourself out there and, and talk to other men that might know young ladies that uh, are eligible. And, hey, you know what? You might have to travel a bit. Okay, every guy, at least most guys, like a road trip, so it shouldn't be something that you're going to whine about or something if you're going to do it. But got to do what you got to do, but you can't just give up. You can't just, like Joseph was saying, you can't put your, your head in the sand and give up. It's not a manly attribute, and you can't be adverse to risk. We have episodes on that, by the way. We have episodes on courage. We have episodes on taking risks. Go back and listen to that. Um, but that's 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 my advice. Um, you, you look like you have one more thing to say. <laughs> just think about the cross country road trip and if they need a vehicle they can come to you and you can sell them a Segway oh no I somehow I knew you were going to bring this back to the Segway really a cross country vehicle on a Segway that wow no don't try that even if you have off road winter heart man I you, can't heart. The country you are here my best <laughs> advice you will not find a good wife driving a Segway across the country. That's a weird woman right there. Haven't you learned anything from Paul Blart? Oh, no. Oh, man. Don't even get me started on that whole thing. Okay, okay. We got to end this. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Um, if this is your first episode, uh, it's kind of a doozy of an episode, but we have a bunch of old episodes. Um, it, you can find our episodes if you if you're on... If you're on a normal podcast app and you want to listen to us via like iTunes or a subscription feed, search for the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, which means if you find that feed, there's going to be a ton of shows in that feed, including ours. We release every Tuesday. If you want an easier way to find it, um, you need to search in your app store, either if you have an iPhone or Android, it doesn't matter, and search for the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We have an app. Our network has an app, and it's much, much easier to pick and choose which show you want to listen to you know you can still download them through the app so search for the fight laugh feast network app and if you appreciated this show we also do memberships uh, memberships gets you access to the membership portal which there's things behind the scenes uh, we have another show called after the sandwich and after the sandwich uh, we take on other topics it's a little more laid back uh, not not you know as many bullet points maybe as we have on this uh, but you can get access to that too and if you want to do that you go to fightlefffeast.com Sign up to become a member and use the code PATRIARCHY if you want to support our show. We would very much appreciate that. And if you already are a member, thank you very much. And you can also actually buy memberships for other people. And there are varying levels of memberships. We get it. Maybe you don't have a ton of money at the moment. Um, so there are different levels of memberships. It'll still get you access to things like that. So go to fightleftfeast.com. Click the time to become a member. Use the code PATRIARCHY. And last but not least, Joseph hates this bit because he doesn't like coffee because something's wrong with him. But if you like coffee, we've partnered with Mission First Coffee. 
which is actually a Christian coffee company. Um, really cool guys. Um, go to missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash patriarchy. Um, that'll actually get a little bit of a kickback to our show, but also gives you access to really great coffee. Like, And I mean that. I've drank their coffee. It's very good coffee. I've met these guys. I've talked to them on the phone. They're great brothers. And also a portion of the proceeds that they get from their coffee will go to Paul Washer's uh, Heart Cry Missionary Fund, um, which is a, a great cause to go to as well. So that's missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash patriarchy and get yourself some coffee. So until next time, if you have not yet bowed your knee to Christ, repent and believe. And if you have, this is our call to you. Build, fight, protect, lead. This is the patriarchy.